handout. Um, you can ignore the bottom half of the page. Um, but the rest of it is really the space for you to take notes or jot down thoughts. Um, and it's using a, a protocol called the circle, triangle, square. I don't think I have a fancier name. Um, but the circle represents anything that you like questions on. So something that you feel circling around. I'm a math teacher, that maybe helps you get some time um, the triangle is for what connections you're making to your experiences, like, ah, yes, that, that sounds familiar, or hey, that could be useful um, in this situation. And then square, um, things that are squared away for you, like, yes, this is affirming, I, we do this, um, this makes sense. So circles, triangle, square, just space for you to take notes. I'm not collecting these, you don't have to use them, but um, some space for you to jot things down. And toward the end, um, we can sort of team up and, and talk through those things, or maybe share out um, um, and then the bottom is, um, if you have time, um, it's sort of a protocol for getting feedback from people um, for doing some more work. Um, all right, let's see. So we'll do some introductions. Um, we'll talk a little bit about like, why PLTs or PLCs. Um, and I'll, I'll hear from you in a minute on like, whether you're using them or considering them or kind of where you're at with that. Um, I'll, then most of the time, it's just, I'm going to share our story with PLCs that I think are should. I think we use a little bit different approach. Um, and then sort of a typical or standard PLC model. Um, and then some time um, just to, to chat with each other and, and encourage each other in our practice or answer questions. Um, since there are so few of us, well, why don't we just all go around and share name, where you're from, um, and maybe, yeah, does your school use PLCs or PLCs? And I'll talk about that language um, later, but do you guys use any kind of like collaborative? a model of your staff. Who would like to start with that? James Andre, uh, by your We are a, a fledgling PLC school. Okay. First year. Okay. We have uh, team leaders, and we've done the four book studies, and we just kind of had a couple of our initial meetings to set norms and start looking at essential skills. And how are your teams grouped? Like, how, who's working together? Yeah, uh, so we have a 7-8 team, 5-6, 3-4, 1-2, and then early childhood. Okay. As preschool through kindergarten, but they kind of yeah, are flexible in their nature. Okay, so largely by grade. Yep. All right. Andy Rita, Myers and Christian. Yes, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and what's your role there? Director of Operations and Family Relations. So, okay. everything. Yeah. And I and I said and lead one of the the 56 PLC team or PO. Gotcha. I'm Chris Moran. I'm from Morfield Christian, and I teach for pre-K and four school. Okay. So a variety of kids. Okay. <clears throat> um, and we are not And and what um tell me about your school? Like what grades are? It's three school through eighth grade. Okay. I'm a Christian. Um, we kind of do a lot of different groupings. So we, we usually group them by grade levels, but we have like, we call them learning communities. So we have um, K through two learning communities, two through five, six through eight. But most grades are pretty strong, and there's a lot of common planning time at each grade level that we built in. So it's on purpose for a purpose, but we'd like to be able to direct them for this. Our teacher there, first year teacher, so I know that we do it, but I have no idea what it is. Okay, exactly. okay. so you have you actually bed in a PLT 
seen before or like you've met with other teachers? I don't think so. Just oh, okay. Some Okay. I'm Jenna Beth. I'm Helen's a Christian, and uh, I know our elementary does this. I'm a middle school teacher, and we do collaborative grade level teams okay. at the middle school. But we're also trying to do more curriculum teams. Mm -hmm. So I'm on our middle school science team. Heather's meeting regularly to make some goals. That's student learning. All right. And I'm Jamie. Take 
turn, circling the number. So um, if, if you circle one, you circle two, you circle three, then you circle four, five, six. The only one person at a time is writing, and you have to go and you have to find the numbers in order, um, starting with one, and take turns circling. But other than those rules, you can talk, you can point, you can count. Um, but the rule is you have to circle the numbers in order. Everyone writes in a different color and takes turns, um, and only one person can write at a time. But again, other than that, you can help each other out however you like. You will have exactly two minutes, okay, exactly two minutes to circle as many numbers as you can. Remember, everybody writes, everybody takes turns. Um, so I should see all three of your colors on there in, in fairly equal amounts. Um, when we hit two minutes, I will say, I will say, mark down, hands up, no more writing at that point, and then you will report out to everyone on how many numbers you are able to find. Okay? Any questions? Any questions? Clarifying questions before we start. <laughs> Alright? Then, on your mark, get set, go. Oh my. Here I found one.
don't watch it. I'm trying to look at those. Are there any patterns that you know this? Maybe that would be helpful. Is this a different pattern? It's going to be the same. Oh. Insane. Memorize it. I don't know the way to do it. Again, my one hint for you is that with four people, this is actually a much easier um, a much easier task. Yeah, I think you can. So if, if that helps you at all in thinking about what what items might be helpful. Alright, let's try it again. Let's hopefully get ready. No, 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 no
All the red is here, all the yellow is here, all the green yeah. is here. Oh, yeah. um, so we want to do a video on that. Oh, our baby becomes a little bit easier. What else was helpful? <laughs> Just like in my We all had, we knew that it was going to be in that corner, so everybody could look in that corner. In that. So everybody sort of had their mind in the corner. You corners and each have your own corner. No, we, we just would look ahead and go like, okay, there, there, there. So, so we would all point to each other. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Anything else that was helpful in the second hour? That was, that was pretty impressive. I mean, we're talking like. I think we did it wrong. We didn't need to each have to do a set. That was our Almost 50%. We didn't have to go in order. We went in order. Oh, we didn't in order. Yeah. No, okay. number order. I mean, I may have gone out. Hold on. Oh, my God. We went in, like, number order. Yeah, you guys went sequential order the whole way, right? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Okay. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. I don't know. I just said something. So I love this activity. I do this with my students the first week of school every year. Um, and I have done it for a good professional job, and I love to do this with adults. And, um... I have done this at our first activity that we've done with CLT, so that's kind of the, the relevant connection there. I thought it was going to too, but it had a lot of emphasis. In my classroom, so these are some images from my classroom and, uh, this year when they were working on it, I had the joy this year of, I've not had my own classroom in two years, so I teach in the media center, one a class, and the innovation lab one class, um, so I'm, I'm grateful to have those spaces, but it's a little bit. But, um, so these are some pictures, so I take pictures while they're doing it, they do not notice. So I always put the pictures up when they're done, and they're like, what, where did you take pictures of? Um, but they're so focused, and I use it um, to ask them. I would argue this is excellent collaboration. This is what excellent collaboration looks like. What do you notice? What do you see? And so we use that to generate a list of norms um, for group work um, and collaboration. So they say things like, we're all focused. We're leaning in. Um, uh, we're all helping each other. Everyone was participating. So it's, it's a perfect activity for that. Um, but uh, with our PLTs or with adult learners, I like to use this as well because it's not necessarily natural for us to collaborate with each other. We value it. We value it in our classes, with our students. Um, but it's, it's not really typical or comfortable to collaborate around teaching and learning um, with our colleagues for whatever reason. And I, and I don't think that's any, unique to any particular site. I noticed that when you guys came in, you kind of spread out as far away from each other as you could. Um, and we didn't get it. You guys are helping each other and talking and, uh, and working together around a shared, a shared task and a shared goal. Um, so it's, a, it's an excellent activity to sort of highlight um, those kinds of things. I anticipated more groups, so I have fun and extra copies of this. If you would like to take those back with you um, to use in your space, also, if you're interested in the slides, I'll mention this now. If you're interested in the slides, afterward, it's linked into the, into the slides. So the title there, the 5100, is the link to the original activity online. There's variations for different size groups, and um, there's some that have equations on them instead of just the numbers. You can use them with older students. All right, are my targets for this, the rest of this time? I can identify challenges and opportunities inherent in cross-grade and cross-subject PLTs, both broadly and in my own school setting. And I can think creatively with colleagues about how to design meaningful collaboration opportunities within existing school structures. Um, so why PLT? So I actually don't have a background with PLT. When I came in to this role after Tim Blinger left, or as they had decided to go with PLTs, and I ended up, as, as things happened, I was in maybe other schools, all of a sudden it was my responsibility, and, um, and I ran with it, and we've been doing that for several years now. Um, but I did have to sort of go back to my principal and be like, 
I didn't start with PLCs in the beginning and, and kind of do some research into like, what do PLCs look like at other schools with PLCs? Um, another one like, so the, we use PLCs, uh, professional learning teams, because um, we consider ourselves to be one professional learning community, right? As, as teachers at Lansing Christian, we are, we are a professional learning community. But every month, we get together in small groups and call those PLCs, professional learning teams, and that's what we're doing, very intentional work around teaching and learning. Um, so why is our, um, our theme for this conference is equipping his people, building his body. And I thought it was such a beautiful connection because um, when we collaborate with other teachers in our schools and, and, and broadly across schools, we are reminded that we are part of a collective school body. We are working toward one thing um, together. So professional learning teams can be a great way to model that. Um, so Julie then has a blog post in Leave the Case blog, if you read that one, um, about coming back to school after this pandemic year and how we're People were exhausted and tired, and, and she realized quickly that she needed her colleagues, that it wasn't, she didn't need self-care, she needed community care, um, and that opportunity to work together, uh, and that modeling for that is so important for our students. Our, as a collective school body, we create a fabric that supports a kind of unique learning community. The more tightly interwoven we are, the stronger and more durable the culture. And that block was in there, in the of the um, So, a, 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 a common definition, and this comes from all things PLC, um, is that it's an ongoing process in which educators work collaboratively in recurring cycles of collective inquiry and action research to achieve better results for the students they serve. Professional learning communities operate under the assumption that the key to improved learning for students is continuous job-embedded learning for educators. So there's a lot going on there, but a couple of key ideas that are coming out here is that it's recurring. Um, it seems like the typical model for PLCs is uh, teachers usually in grade level groups or grade band groups or, or subject area groups who um, tackle a problem often related to test scores. That is in all my reading, it seems like that was pretty common. We look at, hey, our scores are low in this area or our students are struggling in this area. What's it, a lesson or a unit we can um, incorporate? What, uh, an intervention that we can use to bring that up, and so then they try that, and then they come back together and see how their students did, and they revise, and um, it's, it's job-embedded learning, so it's sort of a different professional development model where teachers are owning that learning more, so rather than always having somebody outside of the come in and do sort of like this one-shot, one-day PD, um, it's this ongoing learning as a student. Say. So some comments are that are focused on student learning, so really emphasizing student learning. Uh, PLCs have been around since like the mid-2000s is sort of a, not a buzzword, but as a, as a concept that people are talking about. Um, and, and at the time, it was quite um, innovative, this idea of really coming together around student learning. Um, it involves repeating cycle of recognizing the need, trying a strategy, assessing effectiveness, revising, trying again, and again. Um, like most of you share, PLCs are organized around um, grade level, grade band, or department. Um, I, know, I think I went to a session several years ago now here at CEA about um, PLCs at So um, that was one of my earliest exposures to them, and, and they followed out like a department model where the math teachers were at the time, the math teachers got together to talk about um, department level um, 
So I'm going to be talking about and proposing a very different view of Yale students. Same concept, small groups of teachers meeting regularly um, with a purpose and um, that job embedded learning. Um, but the way we have always done it at Lansing Christian is having heterogeneous teams. We're a pre-K 12 school, and we have pre-K 12 PLTs. Um, so elementary, middle, and high school teachers meeting together as a team once a month, um, with the goal of moving the whole school in a direction for teaching and learning. So something, so a fairly big task, rather than like improving student learning in this particular area, we have a new vision for teaching and learning here at Lansing Christian. To get us there, we are going to use PLTs. Um, so, so I want you to, I guess my goal is um, to share our story, but also hopefully leave you with some ideas of like, what could this look like in your setting? Um, all right, so we adopted, and when I came back to Lansing Christian in 2014, we had a new vision statement. Equipping young men and women to engage and transform the world for Jesus Christ. Um, we memorized it, we taught it to the kids, they had to memorize it, we had songs about it. I remember my kids like rapping the vision statement on the way home from school and on the day. day. Um, so if we, all, we all knew it, we all talked about it. Um, and right around that time, I started asking myself, and, and that's what my session right before this was really out of my thinking and, and growth in this area, but what does it mean to teach in a way that equips students to be in their own world for Jesus Christ? Um, that's a big question. And, and one that we weren't really prepared to answer. Um, so following the vision statement, we had a teaching statement. We drafted a teaching statement. This is what we think teaching should look like at Lansing Christian. Um, and so, and things like um, uh, allowing exploration and student-centered learning and active learning and um, incorporating a lot of collaboration and um, open-ended problems and all, and all of these things. And, and we were slowly starting to, to change the way we were thinking about teaching and learning. We ended up moving in the direction of teaching for transformation, um, one of the deeper learning models. Is anybody here a CFT? Okay. Okay. Oh, so I can say CFT. Um, but we, we adopted TFT as our faith formation framework, um, and then PLT's approach for another term, because now we have this shared language and sort of a shared process. Um, so that's a little, bit of our, a little bit of the history. Um, so we have about 55 staff members who are participating in PLTs. Again, that's pre-K through 12. We've been doing it for six years. This is our seventh year with um, PLTs. And over that time, we've used four different models. Um, so I'll, I'll talk about some different models that we use and sort of how the pendulum is, is going to be swinging back. Um, but our purpose, um, this is the, the purposes that we wrote down several years ago. I go back and look at us. Why did we do this thing? Um, but we were looking to bring individual teacher growth, um, school-wide growth, and professional development sort of under one umbrella. So they're really bringing those into alignment with each other um, and sort of move the whole ship in, in a direction. Um, so, so trying to move toward this shared vision of teaching and learning. Um, we wanted collaboration that allowed for encouragement and accountability. So kind of that double-edged, I don't want to say double-edged sword, but uh, we wanted to be able to come together to encourage each other in our practice in really meaningful ways, not just like, good job, but um, hey, here's this thing I tried with my students. Here's what went wrong. Here's what didn't go well. Um, giving each other feedback and, and celebrating each other's work. And then, and then a level of accountability as well on the flip side of that to, hey, on this day, you're going to be sharing some work with your colleagues. Um, you want to have something to share. Uh, working in a direction together. Um, and then the, at the time, we had a, a new strategic plan. And one of our goals, um, our stated goals, was to increase cross-grade collaboration. 
um, really following this idea that we are one school, we have one vision, we're all working toward that vision. We should be able to sit down together um, and collaborate meaningfully around teaching and learning. Um, and I'll talk about how that doesn't quite go well. But that was, that, that was our vision. So it really, um, I don't think I realized at the time, having not like, studied PLTs per se in my, in my coursework and that sort of thing, that that was quite a different model of PLT. Um, not to organize around grade or subject area, but to have, you know, lots of different people coming together from different areas. So in the photos um, here, on the bottom photo, that's a first grade teacher and a middle school science teacher um, working together. And behind them, I think it's a high school math teacher and a PE, uh, elementary PE. Um, in the top picture, you have a preschool teacher, a fifth grade teacher, a high school and a middle school math teacher, um, and then a PE teacher. So you can kind of get a sense here of um, we're all focused on the same thing. We're all um, moving in the same direction. Um, we're looking at each other's work. We're looking at student work um, across a broad spectrum of, of expertise. So the promise, a few different models that we've used over the years. Um, the first year, we were grouped by individual goals. So we had this vision statement. Teachers wrote individual SMART goals, which they've been for a long, long time, but had always, um, our principals, you know, because I remember when we, when I went to PLT, part of the reason was I had to reflect on my SMART goal at the end of the year, and I didn't remember what it was. Um, so we're trying to make that individual growth a bigger part of what we were doing. Um, so people wrote their SMART goals, and then they said, okay, these people are all sort of focused on um, improving collaboration in their classroom, or collaborative learning, so they'll be a PLT. And if this group is interested in um, growing their leadership um, skills, so we're going to put them in a PLT. Uh, uh, levels of, um, uh, like, levels of knowledge. I'm trying to think of what that's like. There was a group that was kind of interested in that. Um, and so we organized that way, and, they, and people just kind of walked off time and they'd be like, go learn what you want about that thing, and we'd come back together every month and talk about it. Um, and at the end of the year, um, share out what they can learn. Um, the second year, wait, that worked okay. So in the second year, we had some specific initiatives in mind that we wanted to move forward, like capstones at the end of capstone projects at the end of fifth grade, eighth grade, and twelfth grade. Um, so we said, we want a group on that. Um, so we had a couple of groups, ours preset, and then the other ones, again, we organized around smart goals. Um, so that's sort of a, a different model. By the third year, um, we were in the beginning stages of, of teaching for transformation. So in that year, we were having somebody come in. Uh, okay, at that point, we weren't having somebody come in, but we were having like, shared professional development experiences throughout the year. So then the role of the PLTs was after we had a, a training module, we come together and just talk about like, our reflections on that time and what we've tried since then. Um, and so that was like, a slightly different model. We had, we had a PD together and then we were using the PLCs for result. And then finally, I should say finally, but up to the present, um, we have been um, using TG for Transformation, which gives us this shared language and um, shared, I guess, uh, commitments and goals that we're working towards. So everybody, by you know, the first semester, we have these certain goals that we're trying to achieve. So we can come together in PLTs um, and, and have those sort of like a checkpoint. By this date, um, you should have done this with your students. So then they're bringing um, things to, to talk about to those meetings. Um, I, I can tell where we are now that we're going to be kind of swinging back a little bit. Now that we kind of have, have turned the ship, and most of us are, are on this boat together, moving in this um, shared direction for teaching and learning, I think we'll end up going back to a little bit more differentiation. So now this group really needs to focus on this. This group wants to focus on this um, and, and into a little bit more individual goals. 
still go um, under that, that shared framework. Um, so what it looks like in practice, so um, when we are setting up the groups, we do that over the summer, or at the end of the summer. Um, we use any teams with anywhere between four and eight teachers, more closer to four, more recently, bigger groups at the beginning. We include academic support staff in that too, so pre-K to 12, including, and then also academic support staff. Um, each group we make up with at least two elementary, one middle, and one high school representative. Um, they are all across all different disciplines, so I pretty much make sure, actually, that we don't have two math or two science in the same group, with some exceptions. Um, the middle school part, or I'm sorry, the elementary, two elementary came from, well, there's a long history there, but um, uh, it felt intimidated often by, by the more dominating secondary teachers. So there's definitely some, um, some status issues that play there, um, or perceived status issues. So, um, so that's just a move that we made that there's never only one elementary teacher. Um, we include all the special teachers, so we have Spanish and PE and music and art um, in there as well. Um, so we come together roughly monthly. Um, we have after school staff meetings on Wednesdays, so we just use that time. So our staff meeting comes up here some time. You guys have early out. We don't have early out. So that is another like challenge and next step. We really need to bring our school day in alignment with um, this model because it does, it does pose challenges. So three fifteen to four fifteen on Wednesdays. We always have our staff meetings at this time as long as I have been around. And so once a month, that is a PLC meeting. So everybody, all of our staff moves together in the media center. Um, we're at tables, small tables, and then that's where we stay. Um, so usually we have some kind of goal that we're working for for that meeting. Um, it's kind of a checkpoint in our work. Um, so as an example, um, we have these types of living, God-worshipping, um, wisdom-seeking, beauty-creating, creation-enjoying. Um, and I know that that one really might not be but um, so we might have a goal of like we want to give our students opportunities to practice at least one habit of living. Um, and so at that at the next meeting, we're going to bring artifacts that the students engaging um, with some kind of lesson or activity. And so artifacts might be student work, reflections, photos, um, maybe lesson plans or something that they're going to do. And the idea is that they, they bring their artifacts and they share them, and, and we can celebrate the work that they've done and what they've tried, and then also give them equal feedback on, on that work so they have. Everybody's using like a next step to work on. Um, that's a fairly typical meeting. Now, there's, there's some differences um, depending on the meeting. You might do other learning protocols. Um, and then celebration of learning is also um, an important part of this. So that can be ongoing. Like, we're always celebrating each other's work. Um, but often in like our staff, regular staff communications, the principals will highlight what a teacher's doing. Um, and they kind of use those PLTs to sort of learn what people are doing. That's the beauty of it. Um, use exit tickets, and then you follow up with individual teachers um, as a way to celebrate. And then in June, our last, very last day, like last day of school, and then next day is the last teacher day, we have this, what we refer to as our PLT Jamboree, and that is like a, truly a, it's a celebration. It feels like normal party, and, um, and everybody shares their work in some way. So early on, that meant um, teams presenting what they had learned for that year since everybody is doing something different. Um, now it's a little bit more like Look what God has done, look at what um, we were able to do this year, look what our students could do this year, and it's more of a shared celebration. So I definitely want to emphasize the role of um, celebration in all of this. Um, I guess any any logistical questions at this point? I know I've been talking a lot. Um, questions or comments or clarifications? Any further discussion, 
school paid for high school level. I don't know, I guess, you know, but really it doesn't work well with the elementary. And that's why you know, I'm trying to find some really solid things. Yeah, you're paying at 12, you're going to get your majority of the right. anyway. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. I don't know, I, I think so, like, if I were Christian, I was there for the last three years, and we did it early out every Wednesday since I've been there. I think just got to rip the band off and do it, and people would be nice. Do you have not had a black cycle, so I would agree with that. I'm just saying, I'll, why did you leave paradise then? <laughs> I'm talking about, so at, at CBC, in California, we were trying to move to that, but to do a late start, and I don't know. Parents are going to lose their mind. I'm like, it, it'll be okay. We'll figure it out. And they just hesitated, hesitated, hesitated. And then they finally went to it. And it was just a change. Yeah. Change is hard, man. Yeah. yeah. Change is hard. Change is hard. Change is hard. Change is hard. Change is easy. Anyway. And teachers love it. Really helps to break. Because then it didn't take away from the record. Um, yeah. So. Speaking of that, <laughs> there are some challenges. Um, time is an issue. Um, we lose like half of our staff off here and there for coaching. Um, not that's probably a little dramatic, but a lot of teachers can't come for a variety of reasons. And when you're intent, trying to be intentional about these structured groups, you carefully put groups together so that you make sure you have certain personality mixes and. Very well represented in all, in all of that. Um, missing teachers is a, is a serious issue. Um, Long-standing beliefs about staffing. So since we're kind of using that same staffing time, we certainly have some beliefs, at least in Christian, that like a staffing could be an email. Um, it's the principal like getting announcements, basically. Um, and so when it's not that, when it's hey, bring your curricular materials, and we're going to sit and go in groups, and we're going to talk about teaching and learning. Um, that is challenging. I mean, it's challenging for anyone, I think, at the end of a long day um, to really engage virtually in that work. So that, is, that has been challenging. I will say it's gotten better. It's gotten much better. I think, but, uh, you know, ripping off again, and, and at some point, you're like, oh, this is what we do now. Yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll settle in. I think the biggest challenge, I, I think, personally, to me, the biggest challenge looking at trying to get to sustain long is just finding time in the school yeah. Uh, where you can you know, create these scheduled times for different levels to meet. But you know, that's, a, that's one of our challenges for next year. Mm-hmm. At least we're giving our toes into it this year and hoping that yeah. that time is provided. Because, yeah, I mean, MBJ is tricky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, alongside that, or like holding hands with that, the issue of just like time at the end of the day is the pressure on teachers' time. So they, they never, it's hard to get teachers to believe that um, the most important thing you can be doing right now is talking to a teacher that isn't at your grade level about, about hard concepts in teaching and learning. Um, there's always something more pressing, always. Um, and so, and that, I don't think that's going to really change. Uh, it's something that we just work with, right? And they, they settled in and we've gotten kind of used to it. It's something um, that's celebratory now, so most of the time, and that we can um, so, so that's kind of going to hand in that speech. Did you, did you say you got rid of staff meetings? We just no, we still, we still we meet every Wednesday for something, but once a month that staff meeting time is closed. Okay. 
So we still have, you know, while we, now we call it, Harper's will just call it staff time. Like, I'm not even going to say it's the words. We just kind of got rid of letters. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So, so just newsletters are more informative yeah. weekly than intentional. So there's a, kind of a couple of weeks that really just disseminate and deal with some of the logistics at the top of a lot of the staff. And, yeah. um, which is, you think of the investment of time, energy, and resources for the minuscule, but those student outcomes are just kind of a waste of time. So there are, I think there's each course time period of ways to work around. I would go back to, I don't know if it's worth the time to go back to it, but this. Right? Like, I do think it's important to create opportunities for teachers to come together for a, a wide range of reasons. Do you know what I mean? Um, being on day one, but um, I, I think it's valuable to come together. You, and making the best use of that time is going to be um, a challenge no matter what. Um, individual personality. So, we've had, it, this is not smooth sound, I'm going to be really honest with you. This year, we had a teacher walk out on the PLT because they were so offended by the like, you know, we need to, it's a good reminder, we need to go back and do some more normal setting um, because, uh, yeah, we need to make a decision about how, how to the boss other than that. But there are people who like to talk, you know, and so that can be an issue. So, so all the issues that we have with our students around collaborative work, um, the teachers, we all did the same thing. So it, it, uh, we don't, we can't expect teachers to just kind of naturally um, work well together and as a group to work um, effectively. So, um, so there's a level of um, intentionality and um, commitment and carefully um, bringing people And I think we're always facing sort of this cultural pull to isolation. We don't like it, but somehow we're also like pulled to that. Like, it's my classroom. I kind of want to do things the way I do that. I don't really want to have to talk about it. Um, not all teachers, but, but, but there's certainly um, so, as you know, there are some things to consider around PLCs or any time teachers are collaborating, and that's going to be when are we going to do this? Um, so, that's a question. We're having a, an accreditation year this year, so we're our self study. So, I'm hoping one of the things that comes out of it is we um, looking at building collaboration time building the school that they have in school. Who you want to think about um, how big is your PLC going to be, and how are we going to do makeup? And again, I'm sort of Encouraging people to at least think about um, heterogeneous and school-wide, um, cross-grade, cross-subject area things um, for parents. And then there's a question like, well, what will teams do? How will we structure the time? And I have some, some ideas for that. Um, so for uh, selecting groups, again, I'm sort of encouraging you to at least consider the, the heterogeneous You do want to think about um, mixing personalities. Um, there are going to be teachers who can, are able to carry a group um, no matter what happens. Um, there are going to be teachers who are drilling holes in the boat, right? And so you want to make sure that you're careful to... to um, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's what we call them hole drillers. That's pretty good. Uh, so, so you want to be careful to... Yeah, who are you putting together? You know, um, and, and no matter how much thought we put into this, there are groups that are going to work really, really well, and groups that are going to struggle. And, and then you decide, well, what are you going to do with a, a group that's struggling? Um, whether it's something like that involves an administrator joining that particular group, or um, blowing up some groups, like mixing them up again, re, re, regrouping. Um, yeah, there's some other things that we've tried there. 
Um, use your PLCs as a chance to practice and model learning protocols. So if there's a style of teaching or an approach to teaching that you're trying to move for, um, use PLCs as a chance to model that. Ask teachers to engage in kind of learning um, that you are kind of moving to as a school. Intentional norm setting, I told you about that already, but uh, we are in a, a moment right now um, where our PLCs are going to, to do some norm setting and be really intentional about that. Um, I, I talked about this kind of shared goal of um, encouragement and accountability. So make sure you're building in check-ins um, through the PLCs to allow teacher time to reflect and opportunities to reflect. You know, get a lot of reflection time. We know it's a really, really important practice. Um, so PLCs can provide that. Um, as administrators, it, PLCs can be a good way to also reflect on, um, on leadership and on where you're at as a school. <laughs> Uh, it allows you to learn where teachers are at. It gives you some um, some information to follow up on. Um, on I was trying to indicate that administrators can learn a lot by watching their teachers interact with others. And I'm just going to uh, throw this out there. I think that we, we treat our PLT weeks differently than we treat a staff meeting. And in some very practical ways, like we provide snacks for the PLT meeting. We don't normally provide snacks for the staff meeting. Um, so we almost treat it like it's a conference. It's just a different thing and it comes in just a little bit different feel. Um, we offer a sketch hour for that hour that we spend in PLTs. We, we truly are considering that professional development. We have more targets. Um, we have an exit ticket. So it is a little bit more weighty, I'd say, than, than a typical meeting. Um, we were encouraged to do that by another school when we, when we went with um, PLTs. So I, I think it actually is quite helpful. Might seem kind of silly, but if you, if you know food and teachers, like you know that exactly thing, and it may help. So uh, that's that's what I had for you formally. Um, so we're going to move into a little bit of what's my oh my ticket died. All right, help me out. Time is it? Oh, right up there. Perfect. That is a perfect time. Um, why don't you? So we had sort of our groups of three. Connect with a person who is not in your final 100 group um, and just chat for a few minutes about your, if you were taking any notes, uh, or maybe you didn't take notes, but maybe think of something that is sort of like, oh, this is what I'm questioning right now in my practice. Here's a connection I made to our, our context. Here's something that I'm like, yes, absolutely, that is square away. Um, share those, those thoughts and those reflections, um, and then we'll come back to it. What's up? Are we five Hi, anybody. Hi, everybody. All the buddies. James. Feel free to talk about this part at the bottom. Um, if you're thinking of like an obstacle that you're that's sort of circling around in your brain, um, feel free to talk about that and give each other feedback and some suggestions. But um, we don't quite have enough time for that.
to in a lot of ways is you know, we joke about the dovetailing of the, the TFT framework and instructional tools. And, you know, what is, how does that translate to the course and instructions? You know, how, how do they integrate so that it's not like they're two things separate from each other? Because really, you look at what do we want students to learn, we're just going off a half filled out curriculum track, right? Mm -hmm. Standards have not been analyzed, they've not been looked at in depth. It's certainly, we, we take that, as I told Greg, we take that test, we just want to use it. <laughs> we don't yeah. do that test, we just yeah. take it. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I, I think taking that PFP model and PLT, trying to make those work, is going to take time and a lot of creativity. But it could be great if you get it done. You also need to do it. Right. It helps to have a person who takes it. Well, thank you very much for coming. Um, we have a couple of minutes. If you wanted to, to stick around and ask any more questions, my email address is up there. Um, if you want the slides, probably the best way to do it is to email me, and then I will um, share those with you. My email address is also on the top of that handle. So if you, if you take that with us on there, if you want to leave me your email address, that's fine too. Um, I have the extra 100, and, and the slide has all the links. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for for me.